0: And thank you, Pastor Jason. It's encouraging to see, you know, how the Lord's moving and drawing hearts. And you think about Ethiopia and the, the potential, because all of uh, a lot of those people there were pastors who are then receiving that and going back and sharing the truths that they're hearing. And, and so what a, a fruitful field. And so we're really grateful that the Lord is giving those opportunities in the earth. And for our fellowship and for us to take part in well this morning I wanted to just continue uh, you know as we've been doing looking at some aspects of faith you know faith is kind of the foundational part of our of our journey but yet there's so much God wants to do in us in the realm of faith in our hearts in our lives and so we've looked at how God wants fresh faith to arise You know, sometimes we go and we think, well, we're just walking in the same way, but God can give us fresh faith to do something new. And that's what I'm feeling is God has something new for his people. And so faith has to arise because it's faith that produces that new thing, that new life. And, you know, he wants to bring us uh, to the new and and as faith arises, faith scatters The opposition, the enemy, Um, you know, those that are without those spiritual principalities and powers that would oppose us. And also what within, what would be a struggle in our hearts to do God's will. Faith can release power so that those enemies are scattered. And, you know, he wants to release power through words from from heaven that enter our hearts. And of course, as we believe and we confess his faith. Um, we will overcome by the word of our testimony. Now this morning, I want to look at a different aspect of faith uh, because you know, we can receive faith as I've mentioned. Um, we can receive that substance in our hearts. Um, but then there's something that has to take place after that, is that faith must endure. Faith has to continue. It doesn't do us any good if it's here one day and gone the next. All right, faith must endure. So I'm going to entitle this message Enduring Faith. Enduring Faith. Um, and really it was spurred from a verse I read in, in Revelation, and this is in Revelation 2 and verse 6. It says, He who overcomes and keeps my words until the end, to him will I give power over the nations. we're going to look at this passage in more detail here in a moment, but you know, this is a kind of a wonderful picture of the work of faith because ultimately God gives us faith so that we will overcome so that uh, we will have power with him to rule and reign, you know, to rule and reign in our lives. uh, But also when he comes again as well, that's the promise to those who overcome, but you know, faith causes us to overcome. But you notice he says, he who overcomes and keeps my works unto the end. And so there's this concept of enduring. Those who keep his works unto the end. And so there's a need for faith to endure, to continue, because that's the key to ruling and reigning with Christ and ruling in our lives and, and overcoming and so I wanted to look at two aspects of this, of this enduring faith. You know, first, we need we need faith to, to enter into our hearts so we can overcome, right? Faith is that substance that enables us to overcome, but it also enables us to continue, to go on, to do the things that God's asking us to do. We need faith to do that. Now, there's a, a really good story that illustrates that, Um, you know I remember a, a godly woman shared a story once how you know she had was being invited to minister in certain places and and also just to visit sometimes visit family members, but she had a problem when she got on an airplane. she was really struggled she did not like flying right and so there's times when sometimes you know we recognize you, you get on an airplane and you look at someone and he's like, they don't like flying." <laughs> Because they've they've got their you know death grip on the on the armrests and their eyes are clenched. And then they open up and look out and they're like, oh, they close it back, and it's like, oh, they, they have a problem flying. Um, you know, and so this, this lady had a problem flying. She, you know, she had a problem taking off, and she had a problem landing. I mean, you know, th- that those are the two scary parts. And if there was turbulence, look out. You know, and and she it was very difficult for her. And she didn't know if she could continue to do that, you know, to get on those planes. And, you know, one day as she was just seeking the Lord, the Lord spoke something to her. The Lord said to her, you will not die on an airplane. Now you think about that, it's like, well, yeah, I mean, the statistics are, you know, it's safer to fly on an airplane than it is to drive on the road. But, you know, that was a word of faith. And when that came into her heart, it all changed. She could go on that airplane and she could travel where she needed to go, whether it was for ministry or for visiting family or anything like that. But you see, she had something where she needed to accomplish. And it was a battle. And what enabled her to continue on was when faith entered her heart. Now, it wasn't that she loves flying or loved to fly after that. She still had trouble, but she she held on to a word of faith that enabled her to continue. And so she could overcome. And you know, there's times and seasons that we pass through and or maybe there's certain things that are a real struggle for us. We don't know if we can continue. Or we don't know what we're going to do about that situation. And you know, it's a challenge. And we're, we're kind of thinking, can I even do this? Can I go on? And that's when we need to cry out for faith to endure. You know, Lord, would you speak? Lord, would you show me how to continue? Would you give me that divine substance in my heart? And, you know, as we place our lives in his hands and open our heart to him and cry out to him, he wants to release faith from heaven that will enable us to do what is impossible for us to do on our own so that we can continue we can walk we can run and not be weary walk and not faint as it says now that's a wonderful word that that dear lady received um god won't always speak as profoundly to us right That when we're having trouble sometimes he will but sometimes you know he just puts something in our heart and you know it would be wonderful to, to have something so specific but but really what makes the difference is not what God speaks. It's the divine substance that he places in our heart. I remember once I was praying about a situation and it was it was troubling. And as I often prayed, I, I would say, Lord, what do you think about this situation? And you know, sometimes God's gracious and he speaks and he gives a perspective that, that's from heaven. And it's like, well, I didn't think about it that way. Uh, but, you know, Sometimes when God speaks, he doesn't reveal the details. He just gives a word and that word becomes a substance. And um, I remember praying about that and it was just weighing on me. And the Lord replied with a, with a verse and the verse was Psalm 31, 24. It said, be of good courage. He shall strengthen your heart, all you who hope in the Lord. And the thing was, is in my, my natural understanding, that didn't help. that didn't help me understand the situation it didn't give the answer that in my mind i was looking for but you know it was a substance it allowed me at my heart to just be at rest well the lord has he, he has it in control i can rest you know i was praying about that lifting it to the lord and he gave me a substance that enabled me to rest in him to be of good courage And for him to strengthen my heart because I was hoping in him. And that substance did something so that I could just continue and trust in God. And, you know, keep praying until the full answer comes. But sometimes God doesn't give all the details. And sometimes he'll give us something that just, Lord, I I don't really understand how that relates. But yet there's something in what you've spoken that I'm going to hold on to because it's a substance. And it enables me to go forward. And so God wants to give us faith to endure. You know, we can seek him for those little nuggets of gold, you could say, where he gives us something. And, you know, you can be praying and reading, reading the word, you know, and you can do your Bible reading and you can study. But from that, God wants to give us an enduring substance that comes into our heart. And it's that substance that enables us to overcome and to endure. But there's also a second aspect, right? And so faith enables us to endure. But, you know, there's our part that we have to play because we have to receive that faith and then we have to endure in that faith. You see, we have to endure in that, right? So he gives us that heavenly substance and then we have to hold on to it for dear life sometimes and keep reminding ourselves and keep lifting it up to the Lord, And we continue and we continue until we come to the end of the matter. Hebrews 10.36 says, For you have need of endurance, that after you have done the will of God. Sometimes that would be nice if it was before. But after you have done the will of God, you'll receive the promise. And so you have need of endurance. And we've looked at this word before in the Greek. It's hoopamone meaning cheerful endurance, hopeful endurance. And it's one of the essential ingredients of our journey of faith. You know, when we face hardships, when we face an enemy that's opposing us, or when we face an enemy within that's causing us trouble, you know, we're really crying out to God for the victory. An essential ingredient is that cheerful endurance. Well, Lord, I've got this problem, but Lord, I'm just rejoicing that you're going to, you're going to bring the solution. You're going to lead me to victory in this. You're going to cause me to overcome. And I'm just going to rejoice in that. And I'm going to endure until I get the, the promise, the answer. I'm going to do your will because then I'm going to receive the promise. And so there's that, that cheerful endurance. You know, sometimes, you know, it helps to understand and have a, have a good perspective uh, of, of what we're going through because, you know, God has a plan for our lives and sometimes we see everything through the lens of that plan and what we want. But, you know, God has a plan that's bigger than us. And, you know, when you read about his plan, you realize God also possesses this ingredient we're talking about. God is enduring. You know, we th- uh, when we... You can read about this in Romans 9, and you know, he talks about his plan, and his plan in the context of Romans 9 is to produce many vessels of honor unto himself, vessels of beauty, and he wants to have a mighty crop, a harvest of vessels of honor, fit for the, the master's use, fit for his kingdom, but it takes time, and it also requires something else that you read about in this chapter. Right, to make vessels of honor, you also have to add vessels of wrath, vessels of dishonor. And, you know, God allows the vessels of dishonor to, to be produced because they work in the hearts of the vessels of honor. In fact, you can't have one without the other. You know, why did Satan allow access into Job's life when he was already perfect and upright? It's because God was using Satan as a tool to make him more perfect and more upright a greater vessel of honor than before. And so we read this in, in Romans 9:22 it says, what if God, wanting to show his wrath and to make his power known, he endured with much long suffering the vessels of wrath prepared for destruction that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy which he has prepared beforehand for glory. That's his plan to produce many vessels of mercy or vessels of honor, depending on which translation you read, for glory, to contain his glory, to be a part of his glory and his glorious plan. Now, God doesn't enjoy the vessels of wrath. I think they're very unpleasant to him. As, as much as they're unpleasant to us, they're even more unpleasant to him uh, because he has to see them all. He beholds them all, all over the earth, and he is enduring which m- with much long-suffering the evil that is all over the earth, even the, that's in the church. Because those vessels of, of wrath, you know, sometimes we think, well, they're the, the ones in the world. No, there's a few in the church, too. And God uses those vessels to work in the lives of his people. To make us into vessels of glory. Of course, sometimes we say, Lord, do I, do I really need to be that close to these vessels of wrath? You know, is it right that I need to endure such unrighteous people or this difficult situations? Well, there's another verse in Hebrews in 12 and verse 3. And he's asking a rhetorical question here. He says, For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. You know, sometimes we need to remind ourselves when we're enduring the wickedness of this world and the hostility of the spirit of this world. And sometimes that comes to people or situations. And we might have to endure some of those vessels of wrath. And it's important to realize that, you know, when we're experiencing that, we're actually in the same boat as Jesus and our Heavenly Father. God is enduring them with much long suffering. And He's had to endure them longer than we have. And He's there. And He's inviting us to be with Him in that place. You know, sometimes when we think of the invitation to sit with Him in heavenly places, we're like, oh, hey, that's awesome. Well, what, what is He doing there? Enduring with much long-suffering the vessels of wrath. And so, you know, in one sense, we have the joy set before us. But it's that privilege of enduring with Him. But He wants to give us the faith to endure, and then we must walk in that faith. But he's right there with us. His plan for us is to come out the other side having walked with him, having endured unto the end. And that's that joy set before us. Now just for a moment I want to consider uh, something that the scripture describes that, that wants to keep us from enduring. Because there's You know, as I mentioned, there's opposition and and those vessels of wrath. They don't want us to continue. They want us to become vessels like them. And so there's something that can keep us from enduring. And what I would present to you is, is one of the things in Scripture that talks about what keeps us from enduring is having shallow roots. Shallow roots. You know, you can consider a picture of a tree, You know, what keeps a tree planted in the ground and from getting blown over? It's strong roots. It's deep roots. Roots that are, you know, snaked down, not just laterally out to the side, but down deep. Down to get that water source and, you know, down that keeps it firmly planted. And, you know, we get this concept from the parable of all parables, which is the parable of the sower. You know, Jesus mentions one of those grounds, right? In, in Matthew 13, 20, it says, but he who received the seed in stony places, this is he who hears the word and he receives it with joy. And that's the hard part, right? Because you see people receiving the word with joy. Yet he has no root. And, in me, and he endures only for a little while. But when tribulation and persecution arises because of the word, and really it's because the word couldn't take root. It stayed shallow. Immediately he stumbles. And so a picture of someone who receives the seed of faith with great joy, but that seed takes root. But the problem is, is it can't go deep. There's hard places. There's hard places. And, you know, that that speaks directly to us, to mankind, because we were born with hardness. You know, and hardness likes to creep in. Sometimes God does a softening work, and then we, we're good for a time, and then sometimes we can let hardness come back in, creep back in. But the problem is that will keep faith from enduring and keeping us from enduring in faith, because it prevents the roots from going deep. You know, what a horrible thought when you think that God can deposit faith in our heart, but that that faith would be transitory, that faith would be temporary, a faith that wouldn't endure. To me, that's one of the scariest things in this life, that God might deposit a substance You know, and create that wonderful enduring substance and inheritance laid up for me in heaven, and plants that in my heart, but that that faith would not continue. And that often happens because of hard areas, and there's there's other reasons why it wouldn't continue. But that's the thing Jesus is bringing out: hardness. You know, sometimes we can have areas of hardness that need to be broken up. You know, like fallow ground. You know, there's, here's ground that was once plowed and it produced a crop, but then it laid fallow and there wasn't an activity and it becomes hard as a rock. And you can't plant there until there's a breaking up again. And sometimes the Spirit of God has to come up, come in and say, look, let me do some breaking. Let me do some softening because it's preventing, you know, either the seed penetrating or, you know, the, the, the roots from getting down deep and becoming strong within us. You know, there's something about the, the other vessels. You know, we've mentioned the vessels of wrath from Romans. There's something that Jesus told us we can expect in the last days that have a, a definite part to play in, in the role of faith in our lives. In Mark 13 and verse 13, he talks about the last days, but really we're kind of coming into it because this, this is being fulfilled today. He says, you will be hated of all men for my name's sake. Yikes. What that really means is there's going to be lots of vessels of wrath <laughs> that God's raising up. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. Those who have enduring faith and they're walking in that shall be saved. But notice, you will be hated. You know, And when there's hardness there, Hardness gets upset when we're hated, <laughs> gets upset when we're mistreated, right? Does not respond well to those things. But that's detrimental to the growth in the life of faith within us. You know, the Greek word for endure here um, is it's a little bit different. It's hupomeno, which means to stay under to stay under, those who endure and stay under, right? And so you can kind of think of those who humble themselves under the mighty hand of God. They stay under his working. They stay under him doing that work of breaking up the hardness, dealing with those areas that might respond, right, to that hatred instead of just responding in humility in the fear of the Lord. Those who stay under, they will be lifted up, right? And so those who stay and submit their hearts and say, Lord, just deal with this. Cut this out. Get that hard area out of of there that it would just be soft. Those are the ones who will be lifted up to become vessels of honor. And so it's dealing with those hard places. And and so we need to cry out for God to, to take those out. And then we will just feed upon what brings life. You know, because that will cause those roots to go down deep and to grow and we'll get, get the nutrients. That's another key to endure having enduring faith and walking in it is continually feeding upon the food from heaven. Because we can receive a word of faith one day, but Jesus gave us that example of manna. What we ate yesterday is not going to carry us through to tomorrow and the next day and the next day. And so there has to be a continual eating of what God has for us. And you know, we've looked I'm surprised at how much I keep going back to John 6. I've never looked at that chapter so much in a series of messages ever. But I just keep getting drawn back to this chapter where Jesus is addressing many people because I think this chapter has so much application for the last days. Jesus is addressing the multitudes who have just flocked to him because they've seen the power. They've seen the miracles. They've eaten the loaves and the fishes They're attracted to the power and provision. But, you know, he had something so much more. He had a food that he wanted to feed them with. And notice what it says in John 6, 27, when he's trying to get this message through. He says, do not labor for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you because God the Father has set his seal on him. Now, we talked about the, the terrible concept of uh, transitory faith. And really, many of the people in John 6 were transitory because they did not have, they didn't receive enduring faith. They were looking for what was temporal, what was temporary. You know? And so what, is, what can cause faith to endure within us is laboring and seeking after that food that Jesus has for us that food endures and I've been uh, I've been looking at all those the different words for endure and there's a different one still in John 6 this word for you know the food that endures to everlasting life it was quite interesting it's the Greek word meno which means abide and it's the exact word used many times in John 15 where Jesus says we are to abide in him as the true vine and so don't labor for the food that perishes, but for that food which abides unto everlasting life. You know, we're, we're to seek to abide in him by feeding on every word that proceeds from his mouth, from, from the throne room of heaven. And and yes, it's the idea that, that we're to come to, to the word of God, we're to read his word and and to be faithful in that, to, to feed on, on that. But yet, in that, we're looking for something more. In that, we're saying, Lord, f- feed me from manna from heaven. Lord, quicken your word. I want to receive your, your fresh word of faith, your quickened word to me, because it brings life. Now we can read a verse, and that verse can be quickened, and you know we're reading that, and it can be life. And other times we can pray and say, "Lord, would you just show me what you think about this situation and just be open to what He says, even if it doesn't make sense, that we're receiving his life, and we're feeding upon him. You know it's like Job said, "I love your word more than my necessary food, because it causes us to abide. When it's his words of life, causes us to endure. One last thought. So I mentioned we we're going to look at Revelation uh, in that verse. You know, back in Revelation 2, um, the context of, of the verse we started with it was a message written to the church of Thyatira, and they had a major problem in their midst. They had a lady and the Holy Spirit called her Jezebel. I don't know if that was real, her name, but that was her spiritual name. She was flowing in the spirit of Jezebel, a terrible and a powerful evil spirit. And we heard about that in Bible study, right? The spirit of Jezebel operating, you know, in the earth. And, um, and so many in the church were going along with the spirit of this person. And, it, and this spirit was bringing great iniquity into the church. But there were some in that group that were rejecting the wrong things that were being taught. You know, they, they didn't receive it. They held on to what was right. And it actually says uh, they didn't know the depths of Satan, You know, of those who received from that spirit of Jezebel. And so the Holy Spirit writes to them. And I think that helps us in the context of this. So Revelation 2.25, it says, But hold fast what you have, till I come. and he who overcomes and keeps my works unto the end, to him I'll give power of the nations and he'll rule them with a rod of iron, they shall be dashed to pieces like a potter's vessel as I also have received from my Father, and I will give him the morning star. So here's this little group and they're just they're just holding on to, to what they knew was true. and I, I can't be a, imagine being in a church and an evil spirit is operating and you see, your brothers and sisters in Christ just flowing in that, and I'm sure they're trying to implore them, don't don't give in to this, this isn't true, but all they could do was hold on to the truth themselves. And so they were holding on in the midst of great spiritual darkness and wickedness. Pastor Bailey, in his book on Revelation, he kind of relates each of the seven churches to a period in in church history, breaks up church history into seven uh, periods, and he relates the, the church of Thyatira to what we would consider the dark ages of the church. But I think that has an application for today because we're, we're looking at the earth. And what do we see that as we can have considered from Isaiah 60, gross darkness, gross darkness coming upon the earth. And, you know, you could say even in, in, in Christian circles, Gross darkness. There's a lot of difficulties arising that are testing the faith of the people of God and some are not holding on and they're giving over to you know, receiving wrong doctrines and the spirit of homosexuality and all of those things that are, we're seeing rise up in the earth. But God wants to give us enduring faith. Faith that will help us to endure to the end and i want to just look at that promise in closing of what what it was given to those who endured. All right, one prompt or there's two promises. One was to rule and reign which we've considered, but also verse 28, i will give him the morning star. That can only refer to the Lord Jesus, who is called the bright and morning star in revelation 22. And so we can be encouraged that as we continue and we endure, we have enduring faith. Meaning we receive that faith from heaven and we walk in it. And as we're continually crying out for His faith to overcome and uh, to be able to continue, you might need to come and work in a few areas because we're being formed into vessels of honor. And anything in us that doesn't align with that has to be adjusted Corrected, cut out, removed, purified. He might even bring some vessels of wrath our way. But we don't need to fear because they are just instruments in the hand of God to get at us, to purify us, to make us vessels of mercy, to contain his glory. And so as we keep his works and we stay on his pathway to the end, he'll cause us to overcome, to rule and reign with him. But most important of all, that we receive the bright and morning star because we've been transformed into a vessel of honor to contain the glory of our Lord Jesus. And Lord, we just look to you this morning. Lord, we just cry out to you that you would do that good work in us Oh, Lord, that you would just cause us to, to feed day by day upon that faith that would cause us to endure. And that, Lord, you would give us those hearts to, to walk in, in that faith and that substance that you give to us. And that, Lord, you would just work within us. Lord, we want to be vessels of honor, Lord, made and, and perfected for your use, Lord, to be, Lord, a part of your glorious house. Lord, we have to be made into a glorious vessel. Lord, work within us accomplish your will within us. Help us to hold on to what we know is true and to not let go. Oh Lord, that we could endure to the end, that we could rule with you and reign with you in this life and in the life to come. But most of all, oh, that we can receive you as the morning star, we pray. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you.